Hey, welcome to Sex, Drugs, and Spirituality with Sydney DeLorean. That's me. And I'm here with Zach, which um, we're on quarantine. So I am glad you guys like Zach because it's all Zach all the time. You're like, we're on quarantine, so I'm sorry. This is all I have. <laughs> no, I'm just saying usually I rotate more and now yeah, I'm just I know, like. I get it. I get it. Zach attack. I'm, ha- I'm happy with it. Yeah, I'm happy with it. We get to talk about pedophiles all the time. Yeah. <laughs> so here we go. Another one. Um, yeah. So we're going to do a show about Roman Polanski, which why why am I doing this now? Everyone knows he's been a pedophile for the past like 40 years. Everyone's known that. Um, but what piqued my interest about it is that this guy, Tom O'Neill, has a book coming out called Chaos, Charles Manson, the CIA, CIA and the Secret History of the 60s. And he was on Joe Rogan's podcast talking about it. Sounds like a great book. I think um, several listeners are going to read it with me when it drops. I think it comes out next month. Um, But in his Rogan interview, he mentioned that there was a sex tape found at the, um, the murder at the Cielo Drive house where Sharon Tate and her friends were murdered. Um, There was a tape found and the police took it into evidence, watched it, and then returned it and never even told Roman that they had seen it. Um, And they had written in their notes that it was, uh, I think they said, oh, it was just home movies. Well, what it was was a video of Sharon Tate having sex forcibly with two men while Roman filmed it. And I was like, whoa, 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 wait, because I thought Roman wasn't a pedophile until after his wife was murdered. Um, like I was like, oh, that's when he became a bad sex guy. But apparently I was like, was he a gross sex guy anyways? Yeah, probably. Um, well, it turns out, yeah, he was. So I deep dove into it and I'm excited to talk about it. I can't wait. Um, they glossed over that he had some sort of relationship with Natasha, Nastasia Kinski or whatever, right? When oh, yeah. she was 15, is that what they said? Yeah, we'll get to that. Okay, all right. Yeah, let's let's do it. You got notes or Yeah, something? I okay. put this guy's, like, history in chronological order. Um, <clears throat> sorry, guys. <laughs> um, so he, he, Roman Polanski was born in 1933 in, Par- in Paris. He had one parent was Polish, one parent was Russian. Um, in 1937, his family returned to Poland And what happened two years later was they started getting raided by Nazis, and it was very, very bad. In the course of the Holocaust, 90% of the Jews in Poland were killed. Um, For Roman, what this meant was, oh, shit, fuck. Before the Holocaust even fucking happened, he's living in um, Krakow, I believe, and he tries to buy a bicycle, and this, like, notorious neighborhood thug... Uh, beats him, fractures his skull, and steals his money and runs away. And that guy was arrested while fleeing, and he was charged with three other murders. So already Roman Lancey's like five years old trying to buy a bicycle, and he gets the shit kicked out of him. Yeah. Um, he had a rough life. Can't deny that. Yeah, yeah. which people used to uh, explain him being a creep. Right. But um, uh, prior abuse is not an excuse no, it is to not. become a perpetrator of abuse. So um, the Holocaust happens. His parents are taken into concentration camps. His mother actually went to Auschwitz, and she was killed while she was four months pregnant. 
Um, his father was in a different camp. He survived and later was reunited with uh, Roman. But during the years that this was going on, initially Roman was taken in by a Catholic family and pretended to be Catholic. He like recited, you know, the Catholic prayers and all that shit. And at one point, a priest like figured out, oh, he isn't Catholic. And so Roman fled. And uh, allegedly he spent years like living in the woods like Jesus. scavenging living in the woods and he said that um nazi soldiers would shoot at him like and laugh like it was like target practice to try to kill this wild jew or maybe you were just shooting near him just to fuck with him yeah yeah i mean who knows it's a very dark time in uh history yeah so he ends up going to the holocaust ends he's reunited with his dad yada yada he goes to film school he was like part of the beat generation of filmmaking right um, we saw a little bit of one of his experimental films last night where a guy's like hitting a drum and he's dancing. <laughs> it was horrible. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, literally beat film. <laughs> yeah. <yes. laughs> just beating a drum. Um, so in 1966, he's preparing to make this movie called the fearless vampire killers. And he's living in London and the film company wants Sharon Tate to be the star, and he doesn't want her to be the star. And um, he meets with her over a couple series of dinners. And at one point, she's talking about how, like, she's had these great experiences with LSD. And he's like, oh, I tried it once. I had a bad trip. And it's like, yeah, I, I believe that if you survive the Holocaust, like, delving into your unconscious mind, yeah. you don't need to do that. Yeah. Um, so they end up taking LSD together and, um, he says they had sex that night and then she said they didn't cause she had a boyfriend in America, uh, Jay Sebring, who was famous hairdresser who was uh, murdered with, with her. But anyways, her and Roman end up hooking up. They shoot this stupid vampire movie that I hear is really, really bad. I'm sure it is. Um, and <clears throat> Jesus, I'm so sorry. Um, Everyone talks about this like fairy tale romance. Like, oh, he was never happier than when he was with Sharon. And, right. But I'm like, wait a minute. We just found out there's these forced sex tapes. What is happening? Um, well, apparently she was totally controlled by him. Um, he, uh, he would... Um, Jesus. One article said Tate did manage to get starring roles in films, but these were sex videos made in their home, which Polanski later shared with his friends. So like they would make these sex videos. He would like kind of troll Sunset Strip to find girls to bring home like and she wasn't super into it, but she would do anything to make him happy. And apparently when they were courting, like she just fell so madly in love with him and he was like, I'm no good for you. Like, you know that I, you know that I'm not faithful. And she's like, I just want you to be happy. Jesus. Like, so she's like, I don't want him to sleep with other people, but that's what makes him happy. So we'll let it happen. Um, uh, it says that uh, Polanski would regularly film orgies at the couple's home and even screen the videos at parties. Uh, the films were later reported to be sadomasochistic porno movies, which had many recognizable faces from Hollywood. The director reportedly scoured Sunset Boulevard and its various clubs for girls he would take home um, for threesomes. 
He told her how to dress, what makeup he liked, what he didn't like. Um, he ruled her entire life and she never felt adequate enough for him because people saw her as this beautiful person, but she felt like as soon as she opened her mouth, she ruined the illusion. I think she felt like she wasn't as intellectual or artistic or whatever. So she rarely spoke in public when she was with him because she like didn't want to embarrass him. That's crazy. Uh, yeah. All I saw was a gorgeous woman and this little nebbish heard like this guy there's nothing attractive about him there was a quote from sharon talking about how you know well roman's the type you fall in love with his mind (laughs) like it kind of was like saying like i know he's not hot right which is funny because i think that he is an attractive person like Uh if i knew nothing about him but like i have a jew fetish so there we are but like i think he's a handsome man until you find out who he is and then you're like you're a disgusting little weasel right but even, yeah, even if you find him attractive, you have to admit, he, he just, he still looks like a weaselly guy. There's no, like, I don't know. He's yeah. just like a little tiny pipsqueak. <laughs> yeah, for yeah. sure. And and Sharon was like this tall, beautiful, it didn't. It didn't match. And didn't the fact sense. that she was intimidated by him and let him control her is really fucked up. Um, apparently she was raped when she was 17 uh, while on a date with a soldier in Italy and she never told anyone except for Polanski much much later on mm. and um, he, Polanski says that the incident hadn't left her emotionally scarred like she was raped and she never told anyone about it but it didn't it didn't mess her up no nah. which is such a man um, so uh, they had these orgies with cocaine and hallucinogens and Michelle Phillips from the mamas and the papas Uh was like close to them. And she said, everyone in the house was busy filming an orgy and Sharon Tate was part of it. Um, Apparently when Tate found out she was pregnant, like she was super excited. She wanted to be a mom and um, Polanski didn't want to be a parent. He had negative feelings about it. He was traumatized by like his mother being murdered while pregnant like uh, he just didn't want to be a parent um and so she calls jc bring her former fiance and asks him for advice on what to do because she's like i want to have a baby but roman's not going to be happy when he hears this and sebring tells her well just wait another month because then it's too late to get an abortion and he can't do anything about it um but he did because um, he tried to tell her to go to Mexico to get an abortion, which was common back then. Yeah. That women of means would go right. to Mexico for abortions. Because like, this is pre-Roe versus Wade, so uh-huh. we didn't have legal abortion in the United <coughs> States. Um, <clears throat> and she also, at the time she found out she's pregnant, she found a sex tape of her husband having sex with another woman on their bed. And so she's like, I wasn't even there. You know what I mean? And it yeah. was my bad. I know he cheats on me, but in my bed. Yeah. Um, and she's thinking, oh, maybe I should end this marriage. Um, but uh, what Polanski did instead when he found out his wife was pregnant was he just went to London and was like, I need to prep for a movie in London. Um, so you stay in the States because I want nothing to do with you. Like, apparently he stopped having sex with her completely. Um, he... Uh, he had an affair with Michelle Phillips of the mamas and the papas while in London. And then, um, he treated Tate poorly. Like he would call her a dumb hag to other people after 
finding out she's pregnant. <clears throat> yeah. Can you fucking imagine calling Sharon Tate a dumb hag? No. That's what I think. That's why I like I had to research this. Yeah. Because I was like, look at this fucking troll, and he like it always. People go, how can these women be abused? And you were like, if if fucking this weasel can abuse a goddess like Sharon Tate, and his movies aren't even good. No, they are not even good. All right, I'm gonna I'm gonna say that I've I've only seen Chinatown. Mm-hmm. I wasn't into it, and I got it. Uh-huh. <laughs> it wasn't over my head. I got it. And I was like, maybe back in the time, back in yeah. the day that it came out. Um, but that's it. So um, Rosemary's Baby is supposed to be good, but he didn't even write it. That Somebody else wrote that. So if anything, okay, he gets credit for like yeah, he directing wrote, it. He wrote the script based on the book. Okay. But he didn't Big write the fucking yeah. deal. You just cobble some shit together that someone already has the the outline of. You know what I mean? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So that doesn't take that much. And then the pianist, I don't know if he wrote that or what, but that was his other yeah, like big one, right? With Adrian Brody. Yeah, I haven't seen that one. I haven't seen that one either. My thing is like, <clears throat> I have no desire to like try to get into someone like this you know what i mean to get inside i already know he sucks like that's the other thing he never denied having sex with this girl he always just was like always consent i know we're gonna get oh yeah but i'm just saying like i already knew this going in yeah that he's an unrepentant child rapist right so, so like why do you there's enough good movies out there yeah. you don't need to watch his yeah i'll i'll yeah, it'd be one thing if everyone still to this day was like, dude, you have to. I'd be like, fine, like just out of curiosity. Mm-hmm. I saw Chinatown in a film class, and I saw a lot of good movies in there because they went like from the beginning of film mm-hmm. up till like now, you know, and then we finished with Fast and Furious. No. <laughs> <laughs> uh, like now, look at what we have. Uh, no, so, uh, and I didn't like hate it. I, I mean, I'll watch Jack Nicholson do anything. Mm-hmm. Like he's just so captivating, but it ju- it's just overrated, I guess. So I can't see why. And then th- we saw a bunch of clips from all, all sorts of his other movies in this documentary and they all looked horrible. Yeah. They all looked bad. And it's one of those things when much later in our storyline, Deborah Winger was saying that it was so like the persecution of him is a crime against the arts because he's such a great artist. And I'm like, fucking sit down theater school. Like we're talking about actual crimes. Yeah. Where there's no, there's, there's no shortage of talented people. You know what I mean? Fucking put him out to pasture and yeah. move somebody else on up. You know what I mean? Throw a rock at another director and they'll probably do an even better job with Rosemary's Baby. Yeah. Give him the same script and or the same book. You know what I mean? And then I bet they can do a better job than he did. Yeah, give anyway. it to that fella from uh, Key and Peel. You know what yeah, I mean? Yeah, there you go. Um, okay, so... While Roman is in London, the Manson murders happen, um, and uh, Sharon is murdered, and everyone feels... Well, initially, people were saying, like, right when it happened, before they found out it was the Manson family, people were saying Roman must have done it. Like, there were conspiracy theories that he flew from London 
killed her, flew back to London um, because his work is so dark. Like, he must be in touch with Satan because Rosemary's Baby had come out the year before. Right. So he was that was his first film in America. And so that was what America knew him for. So they were like, this is demonic. Roman must have killed his wife. Um, which is, you know, that's horror. I don't think that he did, you know, but um, I can understand where people, people would jump think that. to that. Also, especially because she was pregnant and he didn't want a, a baby. baby. And, so, and he was known to be fooling around on her. And calling her a hag everywhere and flying to London, it sounds like, to get away from her. So who's to say he didn't hire someone, you know, but now we know. Yeah, that it, it was, wasn't. Right. So then after all, after we found out it's the Manson family, people felt sorry for him. He was this sob story. Um, and he, you know, just ran away from Europe after that. And he consoled himself by spending some time sleeping with 16 to 19-year-old schoolgirls, which later on, when we talk about his autobiography, there are some quotes about that time in his life that are disgusting. Um, so He's at least candid about a lot of stuff it's unbelievable how people can defend him because he's so like he thinks he did nothing wrong and the documentary we saw last night uh roman polanski wanted and desired they were saying how uh when this child rape happened people in france were like no big deal you can have consensual sex with a 13 year old and it was only the americans who were outraged yeah it it blows my mind. So they said in America he is wanted, or no in in France he is desired. In mm-hmm. America he is wanted. <laughs> yeah, Jesus fucking Christ! I swear. Yeah. Okay, so 1977, he is arrested for having sex with a minor the night previous, um, and the way that this went down is a friend. This girl named Samantha Gailey, her, okay, I'm trying to remember how it works. Her sister was dating a guy who was friends with Roman Polanski, and Roman was saying he wanted a young girl to do a photo shoot for Vogue France, kind of like the shoots that he had done with Natasha Kinski, right. who, which was in 1975, I believe. He worked with her on a movie, and they allegedly had an affair for several months, and she was 15 at the time. Mm-hmm. And so Roman's saying, I want to do some shots like what I did with Kinski. Like, um, do you know anyone? And he was like, oh, my girlfriend's sister wants to be like an actress. She would be great. So it's arranged. They do a test shoot where like she's on a hill and he tells her to take her shirt off. And she's assuming, well, he's just going to show like shoulders up. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, it's implied nudity. Well, when she's turning around, like taking her top off, she hears the shutter clicking. So he's she's like, what? Like, I'm not even we're not even modeling right now. He's just photographing me undressing. But again, she's 13. So what do we know? Yeah. So that's the test shoot. The second shoot that's allegedly supposed to be for Vogue France. He picks her up and her mom's like, should I go with you? And Polanski's like, no, no, no. She's much more relaxed when you're not around. (laughs) And they go first. They stop by Jacqueline Bissett's house, who's like a famous actress, right, right. and she. They have a glass of wine with her, and Jacqueline Bissett says, "Yeah, I don't know. It didn't seem weird. She didn't seem underage to me." And like literally, we're talking about a thirteen-year-old yeah. out with. I think Polanski was in his thirties at this point. Um, then they go to Jack Nicholson's house, 
And she says she's thirsty. So he opens a bottle of champagne. And uh, Jack Nicholson was out of town yeah, for this. Yeah, he's out of town. Um, and Polanski had asked her if she had a boyfriend, and she said no. And then he, she's like, my boyfriend and I broke up. And he says, have you had sex before? And she says, oh, yeah, totally, twice. And it shows how truly young she is because she had had sex with that boyfriend once, but she didn't want to seem like a baby so she lies and is like, oh, I did it. We, I've had sex twice. Yeah. I'm not a baby. Two and a half times. Two and a half times. <laughs> yeah. um, and so they're drinking champagne and he's like, let's go take pictures in the hot tub. Like, take your shirt off. She keeps her panties on. Um, he brings her a quaalude. Like, he gives her half a quaalude. Um, at a certain point, he gets in the tub with her and is like trying to convince her to get her panties off and she feels really uncomfortable she fakes an asthma attack and says i need to get out of here i'm having an asthma attack i need to go home um and she goes inside to get redressed and polanski follows her um and he's like you'll feel better don't worry and she's like i gotta go home he's like don't worry you'll feel better and he forcibly went down on her and kept asking, does this feel good? Does this feel good? And she was saying, she's like, it was really confusing to me because I didn't want it to be happening. But at the same time, it did feel good. Right. Like my body was betraying me. Um, and then he says she, he had sex with her vaginally. And he asks her, when was your last period? Are you on the pill? And I guess he determined by that information that she was likely to, um, you know, be fertile. He doesn't want to get her pregnant. He hates when women are pregnant. And especially when tiny children are pregnant. He hates that. <laughs> yeah, that's the worst. So he asks her if he should go in the back. And then he anally rapes her. And she said, she's like, everything that he did, I kept saying, no, please, no. But she's like, it's not like I was violently fighting him off because I just accepted that I was there alone. I had nowhere to go. And if I just let it happen, then I could go home. Right. Which is like heartbreaking. But that is what people think like, oh, if you're not violently fighting tooth and nail the whole time, it's not rape. But like at a certain point, you're like, it's happening. But what, at 13, what? thankfully, well, even if you're saying yes – it's not. It's rape. Yeah. yeah. Well, it comes into play later because, like, I, listen, I can talk about, like, my own experience with having been raped, which was very similar, mm -hmm. where I was like, I don't want to do this. And he was forcing me. And I was like, if, if you're going to do this, can you please wear a condom? And he said no. And at a certain point, I did also. I was like, well, I just need to let it finish because yeah. then I can go. Like – it's just it's just how your brain works yeah. in trauma. Like you you're weighing out the situation logically. I am going to get raped. So yeah. if I stop fighting it, at least I can get out of this situation. Um and uh so he drives her home. She's crying the whole time and he tells her not to tell anyone and they get to her house. She runs upstairs. And she's calling her ex-boyfriend to be like, this is what's happening. Oh, my God. What the fuck? And Polanski had the gall to come into the house. And he's smoking a doobie with her parents and saying, oh, you want to see these photos from the first from our test shoot? And they're flipping through it. And her mom said the first thing that was striking was how not good the pictures were. Yeah. Like, they weren't good photographs. They weren't good quality photographs. They're just blurry and, like, 
shitty. And then he's flipping through and it gets to the ones where it's their daughter topless. Like that's how not wrong this guy thinks his behavior is, is that he's smoking a joint with his girl's parents, showing them pictures he took of their daughter, their 13 year old daughter topless. Yeah. And the mom's like, something isn't right. Well, ignorance of the law is no excuse for, you know, it's it's no defense. Yeah, and also he wasn't ignorant of the law. Like, he's right. like, this is the law, but it doesn't align with my morals. Right. And so Polanski leaves, and um, the girl's sister hears her on the phone outside the bedroom door and hears what she's saying and goes and gets the parents. And so the parents go up. They talk to her. They call the police. She has to go to the hospital, do the whole fucking thing. It's a nightmare. Mm-hmm. Um, Polanski was charged with, I believe, six crimes, and he set up a plea deal for to plead guilty to one because the lawyer for the girl was like, going to trial means she has to testify, and her entire history comes into account. The fact that she's had sex before, she's done quaaludes before, like very victim-blamey stuff, which yeah. now is illegal to bring up in a rape case. Yeah. You can't bring up a victim's prior sexual experience. Um, so the lawyer's like trying to get a plea deal just basically to keep this shit out of court because it's going to be a circus, and this girl is going to be torn apart. Yeah. Um, and so he Polanski pleads guilty to one out of the six charges and he's sentenced to a 90-day psyche val um at chino which is the prison in california yeah. uh he's let out after 42 um which is already crazy yeah it's weird and it's 90 days yeah it's not that long yeah um and the judge uh was going to sentence polanski rather than time served to 50 years um And even the prosecuting attorney said, like, it's crazy that the judge was going to do this. Like, we had an agreement to terms. And then because of um, media pressure, basically, Mm -hmm. the judge was going to change his ruling to 50 years. And in the documentary we watched, even the prosecuting attorney was like, it makes sense to me that he fled because he wasn't getting a fair trial. Yeah. So, I mean... The, the trial shit was corrupt, but again, it doesn't excuse his behavior when people are like, he was persecuting, blah, blah, blah. Like, not getting a fair trial and having actually committed a crime, like, th- those things can both happen. I mean, I'd probably leave the country, too. Mm-hmm. You know, I get why you would leave the country. But it doesn't mean he's but not guilty of a crime. my thing is, he shouldn't even be in a position, when you're accused of a serious crime, mm-hmm. like statutory rape you're a flight risk you shouldn't be able to fucking leave the country to film a movie and meanwhile he did because between um between being charged and then this plea deal he was in was it france or germany shooting a movie he was all over he was in germany munich i think for a bit and then these, yeah, about, and then these press photos came out of him at Oktoberfest with yeah. his arms around young girls. And then the judge all of a sudden, because they basically said, well, he needs to pay his defense. He needs to work. So you need to let him go to Germany to work on this movie. But this made the judge look bad. They were getting in his ear going like, he's flipping you. He's giving you the finger. He's laughing at you and looking him out with girls, which I have to say his arm wasn't. It was an innocent enough picture. He was with two girls smoking a cigar. But 
it looks bad when you're it a waiting child. You don't, yeah. So maybe he will was going out. Maybe it was busy. It, all that doesn't matter. But th- it just shows how this judge just wants pe- what any way the wind blows with this judge. If the mm-hmm. public is saying free Roman Polanski, he's going to be like okay. But if they're going give him life, how you know? Then he's like okay. So this yeah. judge was just flip flopping back and forth and based on pu- whatever the public wanted. Yeah, he had this reputation for being like a Hollywood judge. Like he right. wanted to do celebrity cases. He wanted to be in the limelight. And so he went soft on Polanski and then got flack for it. So then he was going to go way hard. Yeah. And then Polanski left the country. Um, and so uh, in an interview, um, he said once, okay, are you ready for this? It's so gross. Who said the judge or no, Polanski? No, Polanski said in an interview after all this, judges want to fuck young girls. Juries want to fuck young girls. Everyone wants to fuck young girls. Like talking about what a circus this is. Right. Everyone in this court, this whole courtroom wants to fuck young <laughs> girls. You're like, no, like not everyone wants to fuck children. That's like yeah. just you. you. Just you. You're the only a one. A small percentage. Yeah, it's a small percentage. And called f- Nambla. And- <laughs> yeah, the fact that he's so like defensive of like, why am I being persecuted for fucking young girls when it's what everybody wants to be doing? Right. So there's the documentary starts off with this guy giving him an interview and he's talking to him about young girls and stuff. And it's not unlike the interview with R. Kelly from years ago where they're like, he's asking him, do you like teenage girls? And R. Kelly's like, well, how young we talking? (laughs) (laughs) So this guy, but um, Polanski's like, He's not trying to dance around anything. He's like, yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah, he's like, oh, yeah, I, li- I like young girls. He's like, who doesn't? R. Kelly was like being like, how young are we talking? 18, 19? I, d- I do like teenagers. Yeah. But the other ones, I yeah. swear I don't. Yeah. Um, 18 in one day? Yes. Yes. Um, but Polanski's just like, oh, no, I totally fuck young girls. Like, so, And so he comes off a little bit more... Um, I don't know. Just less foolish because he's more confident in what he's saying. So yeah. it's not like you're like you like him. You're but you I at least respected that he doesn't look like R. Kelly looks a fool because you know yeah. that he's a fucking pedophile and he's going, Well, how how young are we talking? And he's like <laughs> he just looks like an idiot. Uh, and he keeps kind of incriminating himself accidentally. Yeah. Whereas Roman Polanski's like, what do you want to know? Well, you know, <laughs> yeah. He in 1985 published a memoir called Roman by Polanski. <laughs> I know. Um, and in it, he speaks candidly about going to bed with 15 um, year old girls as a grown man. Um, so. He describes the girls all between 16 and 19 years old who visited him in the late 60s while he was grieving the death of his second wife, Sharon Tate. Um, He says, not necessarily to make love, although some of them did. He writes that they were more beautiful in a natural, cultish way than they ever would be again. Oh, my God. I know. 
Um, in that same book, he describes Samantha Gaynor, the 13-year-old that he raped, uh, by saying, she had nice breasts. I took pictures of her changing and topless. Uh, Gaynor was 13 and not yet wearing bras at this time. Like, she was not, it's not even like, not that it would excuse it, but it's not even like she was a post-pubescent 13. Right. She was a 13-year-old, not even wearing bras yet. Right. There's no mistaking her for an adult. And he's like, in his book, written, what, seven years after the attack, he's going, she had nice breasts. Yeah. Oh, Jesus. my God. I'm just thinking where I was at at 13. I'm a guy. Yeah. You know, with... I was friends with all older dudes who were like showing me like or like lending me porn and yeah. stuff and and so I'm just starting I had just started masturbating probably at like 12 yeah. 13 like and I remember a couple of older girls had come out on to me and mm-hmm. I was like freaked out I I was too young Yeah and that's as a guy. You yeah. know what I mean? So then again, girls mature a little bit faster, I think, in in that. But I don't know. I don't know. Yeah. I'm just trying to put myself back in that. At 13. At 13, like where I was at. And yeah, not ready for anal with Roman Polanski. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> definitely not. Um, oh, in his book, he says of uh, the time in the hot tub with Samantha Gaynor. We weren't saying much now, and I could sense a certain erotic tension between us. Yeah. yeah. Uh, he goes, we dried ourselves and each other. She said she was feeling better. Then, very gently, I began to kiss and caress her. After this had gone on for some time, I led her over to the couch. There was no doubt about her experience and lack of inhibition. She spread herself, and I entered her. She wasn't unresponsive. Um, and then he said of his, like, I mean, basically he's talking about it. His perception is he had this romantic consensual time. Like there was no doubt about her experience and lack of inhibition. She's fucking 13. Yeah. And you've given her drugs. Like what are you, what she the- wasn't unresponsive. Well, no is a response. Yeah. So I'll give him that. He claims that she never said no, which again, yeah. it doesn't matter if she didn't say no, she was fucking 13. Yeah. Um, and then he says of his arrest, I was incredulous. I couldn't equate what had happened the day before with rape in any form. Like, I just can't believe he... Well, yeah, because he came. Yeah. He's like, yeah, I had a great time. That didn't feel like rape. Yeah, that's... I think um, rape doesn't always feel like rape to the rapists. Yeah. They're like, yeah, she took some convincing. Yeah, right. You right. know what I mean? Um, but eventually, I came. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Jeez. I, like... I just can't believe he published this. So when people now defend him by saying, oh, he served his time or whatever, he published this, that he's not, he doesn't even see what he did was wrong. Yeah. So you can't be like, oh, no, he should never be incarcerated. He learned his lesson. There was no lesson learned. He fucking published a book where he talks about making love to a 13-year-old. So when people like Quentin Tarantino will go, oh, like he was on Stern years mm. ago, and Howard was asking him about this, about Roman Polanski and everything. He's like, "Oh, this is a party girl. She knew what was up. She was into drugs, and basically, she wanted it. And you don't know the whole story, and blah blah blah." And Howard Stern and Robin were like, "What else is there to know? She's a thirteen-year-old girl. Like, I mean." 
Yeah. Yeah. I mean, so, and then Quentin Tarantino has a movie, his most recent movie, that, um, where it talks about the Sharon Tate murder. I mean, that's a big part of the movie. Um, so that's weird. So th- this kind of came up again, but I don't know how many people don't care. I mean, ultimately, I'm going to continue to watch his movies because he could say all the stupid shit he wants. Mm-hmm. As long as he's not also fucking kids. <laughs> yeah, he doesn't fuck kids. He was, he's not cool to actresses for sure on set. Um, Show me your feet. <laughs> well, no, he like caused Uma Thurman to hurt her back on the set. of kill bill like he forced her to do a stunt a way she was uncomfortable with and she severely injured her back i thought they were still super close i could be wrong i don't know um but she does blame him for that oh uh he spit on and like he spit on daryl hannah during a scene like she and oh and when she told him about did he say splash afterwards yeah. she was in that movie yeah baby <laughs> i'm sorry i love the fucking monster guys so anyways <laughs> um daryl hannah during the promotion i believe of kill bill harvey weinstein attempted to sexually assault her and when she told tarantino about it tarantino told her to shut up because kill bill was financed by weinstein's, weinstein's production yeah. company and she was Daryl Hannah was kicked off the promotional tour for Kill Bill because she was seen as a threat because she would speak out against Weinstein. Oh, wow. So Tarantino tried; he effectively did silence a sexual assault victim to save and, his movie, and then also defended defended sec- another one. Yeah. So he's not cool. And apparently, there's yeah. some New York Times article I need to read about Fiona Apple where she says the reason she got sober was she found herself doing cocaine in a theater with Quentin Tarantino and um, Paul Thomas Anderson and things got really weird and she realized she needed to get away from them and that lifestyle. Good for her. Yeah. So um, I don't, I think Tarantino kind of sucks as a person. Um, But anyways, um, okay. So in 1998, Samantha Gailey sued Polanski, like did a civil case against him Mm -hmm. for damages. Um, He paid them. Uh, in 1997, she got six hundred and four thousand dollars. Oh, okay. Um, in a confidential financial agreement. Um, in 1989, Roman Polanski met his current wife. They're still married, but he was 54 and she was 18. Um, so that's how he rolls. Step uh, in the right direction. She was 18. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> when uh, they got married, though. Yeah, they got married. They're together. They have kids. She was married at 18, though, I'm saying. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So I think she was 19 when they got married. All right. Gotcha. Um, so in 2009, Polanski went to Switzerland to accept some award, and he was arrested at the request of United States authorities. Um, he was jailed near Zurich for two months and put under house arrest at his home because he has a home in Switzerland, too. Uh-huh. while awaiting decision of appeals fighting extradition and a bunch of prominent uh american celebrities signed this petition um to get him against his arrest uh and here are some names of people who wanted roman polanski not formally because he was he was convicted of the crime but that he was never um what do they call it sentenced because right. he fled yeah. and so these people are like don't extradite him don't sentence him Blah, blah, blah. So Nat- these people are Polanski defenders. Yes. Natalie Portman, Tilda Swinton, 
Penelope Cruz, Diane von Furstenberg, Wes Anderson, Darren Aronofsky, Martin Scorsese, Monica Bellucci, Harmony Corinne, Ethan Cohen, David Lynch, and Harrison Ford. Um, the one that hurt the most was Ethan Cohen. <laughs> yeah. And the arguments are all the trial was a long time ago. The judge was corrupt. corrupt. Polanski's a great artist. And as Whoopi Goldberg put it, um, he had only pled guilty to statutory rape, not, quote, rape rape. Awesome. Yeah. Which people, because the charges against him were furnishing um, illicit drugs to a minor, sodomy, like he, but the only one he pled guilty to as part of that plea agreement was statutory rape. So all these people Just think. still enough to put you away for a long fucking Yeah, the minimum time. sentence is three years. Yeah. So the, these people who are saying, okay, it wasn't rape rape because he only pled guilty to statutory rape. He was charged with other things. Those yeah. charges were dismissed as part of a plea agreement. There was enough evidence to convict him of those charges. And the only reason they were doing a plea agreement, it sounds like, was because he was Roman Polanski. Yeah. Anybody else uh, accused of the same crime with a mountain of yeah. evidence. Well, there, the evidence isn't even a thing. We, are, we all know that he at least had sex with the girl. Yeah. Anybody else would have been thrown behind fucking bars for a long time. It was only the media pressure that led the prosecutor to seek a plea agreement to keep the victim from having all her shit made public because yeah. it was such a public case. Yeah. So you're right. If he was a non-celebrity, no questions asked, he would have been sentenced, gone to jail. Like the idea that if it's only statutory rape, it's not quote unquote rape rape is mind blowing to me. We watched the Michael Doc Michael Jackson documentary where those the one boy said he thought he was in a consensual loving relationship with Michael Jackson at the age of 10. They had a, they had a wedding, you know what I, right. he's like? He's like, I thought we were married, like blah, blah, blah. It doesn't take away the fact that he was 10 years old and he was groomed and manipulated. Like minors cannot consent to rape a 13 year old or consent to sex. Like a 13 year old cannot consent to sex. Fucking Whoopi Goldberg. It's not rape, rape. Yeah. Which, um, is insane, but the Swiss rejected the U.S. request to extradite him, and they declared him a free man, so he's still free. He has an Interpol red notice on him, which means, I guess, watch where this dude goes, um, but it's been on there since he fled the U.S., and so he is only allowed in France, Switzerland, and Poland. Um, let's see. The uh, In 2011, the victim, Samantha Gaynor, uh blame the media she said that um media reporters court and judge have caused way more damage to me and my family than anything roman polanski has ever done um and oh yeah this is uh this is tarantino's quote from uh stern he had sex with a minor that's not rape to me when you see the word rape you're talking about violent throwing them down it's like one of the most violent crimes in the world she wanted to have sex exclamation point dated the guy i mean i don't know yeah did she date him yeah <laughs> yeah he was bringing her out to uh parties with her or with his arm around her yeah <laughs> you yeah, know. yeah yeah here's yeah. my 13 year old girlfriend um and then in the past three years five women have come forward saying that um Roman Polanski raped them when they were underage. In the past how long? Three years. Okay. Since like a post Me Too world. Yeah. Um, so one woman said he raped her when she was 16. Another said um, 
he raped her when she was 15. Uh, one said uh, he had sex with her twice when she was only 10 years old. Um, this was in 1975. So this was before he assaulted Samantha Gaynor. Yeah, is um, it Samantha Gaynor or Gailey? Because you keep saying two different. Oh, oh, she got married. So okay. it was Gailey and then it became Gaynor. Okay. Um. Yeah, that's why. Okay. Okay. Sorry. No, it's all right. I was just confused. Yeah, I think I because I, I copy and pasted a lot of my notes, so the names are just they're close similar. Yeah. So I thought you same person, different last name. Okay. Um, in 2018, Polanski was removed from the Academy of Motion Picture Arts and Sciences with the decision referencing this case, but. That's in 2018. He won an Oscar in 2003. Yeah. Despite what he claims to be a smear campaign by Harvey Weinstein to label him a child predator to keep him from winning an Oscar. And then we saw what happened to Weinstein. Yeah. I just can't. I can't. Um, So there are some good podcasts out about this. Uh, There's a podcast called What a Creep did a good episode. And another one called Hollywood Crime Scene. Uh, they did a really good. What episode. a creep! So is their whole platform <laughs> just uh, doing? Yeah. How many? Man, how many creeps are there? I don't know. Yes, no shortage. I feel like we tackle a lot of them. A lot of them, whether it's on your podcast or mine, and I feel like we kind of ran out for the most part. No, there's no shortage of creeps. There's all these new like SoundCloud and YouTube rappers who are creeps that Ben James tells me about. He's well, like, I you know should... Takashi. There's like another one. Okay. Um, there's the Ren and Stimpy dude too. Yeah. Did we do an episode about him? I don't. Maybe. Um, what a creep has five seasons and it looks like there are one, two, three, four, five, six, seven. It looks like there's. 12 episodes oh no 11 episodes a season so 55 creeps yeah that's a believable number yeah that's a good that's a good amount of creeps they got them all they got them all bill cosby ted nugent harvey weinstein louis ck matt lauer bill clinton steven seagal bikram chowdhury i'm gonna have to listen to that yeah they oh bob hope i mean they did it all and they label them the type of creep. So it's like Bernie Madoff, Ponzi creep, <laughs> Vince McMahon. Oh, that just says WWE. Um, one of them. I don't know. They yeah, they a lot of them have titles. Uh, what type of creep they are. I like. So that. they're not all pedophiles. No, or rapists. it's not. No, all sexual. they okay. did. Um, they did that Theranos chick, Elizabeth Holmes. So. Okay. Yeah, so they mix it up. Yeah, that Roseanne Barr. Wow, shout out to What a Creep. I discovered them trying to find uh, research sources for this episode, but we'll I really liked to, them. Okay, yeah, I'll, I'll definitely listen. It, <laughs> if nothing else, to the Steven Seagal one, because I'm fascinated by him and what a piece of shit he is. Is he? Oh, yeah. He's like a nightmare to, to work with, and, and uh, yeah, also has done... I, I don't know enough about his, but I think there's some underage girl stuff. He's oh. kind of a, a fucker in that way. But I, again, I don't know enough. I know enough about like how people, how egotistical and uh-huh. narcissistic, and he's just kind of a cock. And yeah, he's just the best at everything. He's one of those guys who has no sense of humor, like about mm-hmm. himself. So you need to, like, in interviews, if you would bring up 
Jean-Claude Van Damme or Chuck Norris or anybody else who's in the same class as him. He's like, please give me a break. Those guys, like, that was his thing, is all kick the crap out of all those. Those are Hollywood tough guys. I'm a real tough guy, you know? (laughs) But it's just like, and he he is legit, like, you know, he's, um, I think he's like a cop or something somewhere now oh i think he did that yeah he became like border patrol which talk about being a fucking fucking, like a deadly shot and he's really uh you know is a good fighter and all that but he just seems like a fucking asshole um your mom's house is kind of obsessed with him too uh they play a lot of his interviews Uh um yeah he's an asshole you know who is a creep that uh, I don't think I've talked to you about this, but one of the few highlights in the darkness that has been the coronavirus quarantine time yeah. is I came across several Twitter threads about what a horrible person Ellen DeGeneres is. Like, she is a fucking comic book villain. She is the worst. And I always had a weird vibe off of her, but... Uh, she's slick i guess at it you know yeah she like she won't let people talk to her like her staff can't talk to her or look at her and she's one of those no non-vegan food can be allowed on set she got a she tried to get a waitress fired who served her in porsche because her nail polish was chipped like she after dinner called the management and was like, you need to fire her. I can't believe someone with chipped nail polish served me food. How disgusting. You know, the thing is, if it was somebody you were telling me and I was like, no, I can't picture that person doing that, but I can absolutely picture all of this. Yeah, she, I guess, has a reputation in Hollywood of being the worst to work for. So when new people arrive and are like, yeah, I'm going to get into being a production assistant, they're like, work anywhere but Ellen. She's just like a villain. She fired Karen. Karen Kilgariff was her head writer for years, and she fired Karen for refusing to cross the picket line during the writer's strike. Mm. Um, and Karen doesn't talk about it because she's a classy person. Yeah. Um, but, uh, yeah, Ellen is the worst human being, and uh, Twitter threads of just people posting their interactions with them, which I wish I could remember specifically – now but reading people's horrible interactions with ellen it's ridiculous i yeah she's a terrible person and finding out how awful she is somehow made me smile during quarantine yeah i I like those stories too take them down (laughs) take them down so back to polanski yeah um well he sucks he's a rapist do we have did we learn anything else from the documentary i don't think so that documentary was made by somebody it was produced by the way by the weinstein company um harvey weinstein was the producer of that documentary and it basically that documentary was made to kind of show what a miscarriage of justice the trial was and it didn't focus enough on the fact that this guy is a serial sexual abuser yeah it seemed did it seem like balanced too much in Polanski's favor. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, of course. It was it was a defense documentary. But yeah. Saying look at this miscarriage of justice. Yeah. Uh which it was um in in every way. Um justice was not served to Polanski and um and Samantha Gaynor had said like I 
would like him to come back and face sentencing. So just she's like, I feel like he suffered enough for what he's done. I've let that go. But I would like this case to be solved and over with because it disrupts my life every time it's brought up. Right. I'm back in the spotlight and it's been 40 years yeah. of this. And so I think that's really understandable that she's like, I would love to have this put to bed. Yeah. Well, I think um, Polanski's old enough now. He's probably just going to die yeah. soon. He's 84, I, I believe. It's just weird that this kind of like villain from the late 60s is still existing. Yeah. Um so yeah, it's unfortunate with with guys like this where they really never get their just desserts and you go, "Well, at least they're dead now." And, but it's like, yeah, but they they lived. Yeah. They lived like a motherfucker just raping and doing horrible shit their yeah. whole lives. The Guardian know? had a good article about how it's weird that Polanski has gotten this pass. He's been written this pass for his behavior. Meanwhile, you know, Weinstein got taken down finally. Woody Allen is still, like, people still talk shit about him. And they're like, Polanski actually, like, pled guilty to charges of this and right. has written a book about it. And why is he still getting a pass? So because he's just kind of a hiding in plain sight sort of thing. Yeah, because he's so magnetic of a character he's so talented of director like why is it that hollywood continues to write this person a pass um when when really it's not he's he's not that talent i mean i'm not just saying that from my own opinion i mean it is but it's also like who currently is like oh give me that i can't wait for the new roman polanski film like in the last 10 years. Yeah, I don't know. You know what I mean? So there's no reason not to. It's not like he's contributing anything that we need as as No, a, we don't the need public. it. No. no. So, um yeah, if you're at a Quentin Tarantino status, I get it. Like people love his movie. I love his movies, mm-hmm. you know. So it's it's easier for me. Also, he's not the things you told me are bad, but they're like I can excuse it and yeah and kind of turn it off for two hours and watch his new movie. I'm actually thinking about watching Once Upon a Time in Hall or whatever that movie yeah. is again now because <laughs> this is bringing it back. Up I mean, for it's me. a really beautiful movie, but um, but yeah, people. I think for Polanski, they say, well, he survived the Holocaust. His wife was murdered. It's like, yeah, he's had some personal tragedies. That doesn't mean you get to rape kids. Yeah, make everyone else's life now tragic. Yeah, now you're just, that's what they call a cycle of abuse. Exactly. So, So, fuck this guy. Yeah, anyway, so. Uh, Have a happy hump day, everyone. All right, see ya. Bye.